0: Hello, and welcome back to the Location Conversation podcast with me, your host, Adam Allenberg. This is episode two. We're very excited about it. Episode two takes us to Wexler's Deli in Santa Monica, California. Happens to be relatively close to my home. And with two uh, good friends, Liz Alpern and Jeffrey Yoskowitz, both who live in Brooklyn. They are the duo behind the Gefilteria. Check them out online Buy their delicious uh, craft small batch uh, artisanal Jewish foods, uh, Ashkenazi Jewish foods to be precise, which you'll probably hear about ad nauseum. We do our best to try to define things as we go along, but really, we were mostly enamored with the food. Liz and Jeff uh, recently published their first cookbook, The Gefilte Manifesto, which we get to talking about a little bit. But mostly in this episode, we spend a lot of time talking about the way food and taste and smells and even the kinds of plates that you serve things on resonate with your own story, our expectations of the world, uh, what hospitality looks like, and of course, my favorite conversation, place. So thanks for tuning in. Greatly appreciate you coming back for episode two. Stay tuned for episode three. We'll talk about it at the end of this up. Um, But please enjoy Wexler's Deli with Liz Alpern and Jeffrey Yoskowitz. If you're new to the show or returning, just want to remind you that these are conversations without orchestration and without reservations. So they're out in the wilds where things are noisy. Now, I confess this episode's got a few more clinking uh, glasses and crumbling papers than I'd like, but here we are. So just have patience at the loud moments. They're all worth it. And thanks so much in advance for listening.
1: Half sours, full sours, sours, or...? I half sours, a couple a little
2: bit older ones, or... Okay. There's not good about that I Also, the new delis have fish and meat, oh, which is oh, not...
1: No, the old delis have fish, right? I mean, just, Kosher ones. On, on, the, on a sandwich? Fish and meat on a sandwich together? No,
2: no, not on a sandwich, like... like, You would always wouldn't,
1: have fish. No, because you, would
2: da- you wouldn't put dairy. I'm saying kosher delis wouldn't have dairy. Do so you mean there's a distinction between, like, the
1: dairy... And Yes. Yes. Like second Avenue the Deli. They had in their case. They had. They had, They had raw blocks. They had salmon. and all that's, that's that.
2: That's not what I think about. I think it's just really good. That's not what my experience ever was. You would never uh, get fish in Deli. I
1: don't know. I'm gonna we'll get into my whole thing, but like I, I did not grow up with good delis. So yeah. Pretty early on. Deli out. and an advertising a shop like at a deli I would go to. Like, I wouldn't order the fish at a deli.
2: That's what I'm trying to tell well, I you. That's what I'm saying. But the, fish. I know. but the fish
1: might be there, but I wouldn't order the fish. But here, this but place maybe, specializes then, in then fish. Then maybe as I don't. E- I don't as e- as
2: then maybe I don't even remember there being fish because I never I ordered fish.
1: Maybe there was. Like, you, know, you know that most delis had chicken. Did you ever order chicken at a deli? I never ordered
2: chicken. Most no. delis
1: now have chicken. You guys order? No, so, go ahead. Always, nice. See if we go to most of yeah, the old delis. I mean, like not like the cats but like a, a full deli with a full menu. There'd be like all these chicken dishes. Even yeah. we were just at a deli yesterday in, in Texas, and there was a what was it a chicken fricassee, and it was it was incredible. But we, we would never order it. You go to a deli, you want the you want the beef, you want the meat. You know, that's that's part of the experience. Like, I, I can't imagine getting a bagel smoked trout over a pastrami
2: sandwich right
1: now. Like some days, breakfast, whatever.
2: We had that this morning.
1: By the way we're gonna get into because i feel like
2: you
3: two would be people to trust to answer this question how is this cheese yeah. on uh on a room that we can't have too much
0: to now for your sake i decided to take out most of the ordering here because even for my ears it got a little tedious but i thought you'd appreciate the particular uh, obsession with a conversation around ordering locks at Wexler's Deli.
3: Hey, if you've never had our locks, I definitely think yeah. you should yeah. have.
2: Okay. My then favorite let's fish see. here is
3: the trout, which is outstanding. I really like trout, but locks is like our thing. thing. What do you? How do you do your locks? Yeah. Our it? locks is like hot smoked. It's uh, it's not actually locks because it is
1: hot smoked. Real locks is not. Yeah. Uh, from scotia locks is very complicated so, well,
0: indeed it seems locks is a very complicated subject back to the show
3: where to, let's start where you, i, I kind of want to talk about we, we started right away with ordering and you guys were immediately into like assessing uh, this place let's back
2: up a step and talk yeah. about
3: what you ate yesterday because that's fun
2: the real question is what didn't we eat yesterday? Thank you.
3: Hey,
1: thank you. Coleslaw and pickles have arrived. Yeah, so it's interesting. It's so interesting. So okay, yeah so that was
3: my question. Let's talk about the
1: ones just came Well well let's let's yeah. work it all together. So
0: let's, we we
1: let's do that. we were just in <laughs> Houston. And we were at uh, the Houston Jewish Book Fair, and that's why we're there. Um, we were on a panel with um, with Ziggy Gruber, who is the owner of Kenny and Ziggy's, and also was the star of the documentary Deli Man. And uh, he's like, honestly, they don't make people like this anymore. He's he like, is so awesome, an incredible, incredible person. He's, uh, he, you know, grew up in, in New York, but like he he grew up sort of learning from the old deli men. His the, family was in the his business. Family was in the deli business, but he also, you know, he would skip and go and, like, learn how to make food from the 2nd Avenue Deli from, like, Abe Lee Boy. He, like, would, he was just, he was, like, he's, like, as old-school as it gets, and he's only in his late 40s, you know, so, he somehow... Yeah. Oh, wow, I was gonna ask, how old is yeah, he? Yeah, he's,
2: so so he's, he's not old. So, he's not old, he,
1: he just, like, creature, he just, yeah. and he was very close with his grandfather, so he speaks as if he grew up a generation ahead. Uh-huh.
2: He speaks Yiddish, too. He
1: speaks Yiddish, he, like, yeah, He, does yeah. speak Yiddish. Like, actually, yeah. yeah. so we got the oh. oh, wow. Yes. What do we got on Thank this? this on yes. Very nice. That's a nice golden broth. That's
2: nice. That's a really
1: golden bra. So one thing, so one thing that's really interesting, I'll say. So we were there. We had an incredible meal. Ziggy just like made sure we tried almost everything from his menu. So we, um, we just, we just we ate. Eat while you talk,
2: so yep. Right? Yeah. Definitely.
1: So we, we were just. you great. Yeah. So um, we, were, we were, talking. Oh, this is fast. So wow. Guys. The yeah. Yeah. Okay, oh, so you guys. I'm
2: going to share. I'm
1: Okay. Thank you so much. Wow. Did we order this or is this just no, no, no we ordered that, yeah. So going to uh, so he basically made sure we tried everything. But he's also he's an old school deli guy, so he really like there's these rules. The foods are come in a certain way. You go into an old deli, you know, your pickles come on a on a metal tray. You know, you get your you know, uh, you know, there's you know your 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 chicken soup broth, you know, shouldn't be this golden. It needs to be a little this bit This is too dark for this him. is too dark for too him. Dark this for means for it's him. overcooked for him, you know, and there's all these rules and you know, he's very much a, a deli prescriptivist and, and I really appreciated it. Like I I, I I was learning so much from the way he was thinking. And while I might not agree with everything, I was in awe. I mean he honestly his was one of the best delis we've ever been to. It was so good. It was so good and we grew up in the New York area, we grew up going to these delis and a lot of like we've seen a lot of delis that like, you know, have gone down in quality, or a lot of delis that just like are no longer what they used to be. And this was like, you could walk, we were in this deli, we were in like, we, literally, we felt like we were in, like, New York, we felt like we were in, like, one of the most classic delis, and the food was fantastic.
2: Yeah, everything the servers was just like, were so, they knew you, they knew everybody, it was like that feeling. I've fantastic. Everywhere about
1: that for years. It's it's fantastic, so cool. everywhere, we, every, everything we ate was like, oh yeah, this is what, this is what it should be, right? Mm-hmm. This is what this is, this is what, like, a classic of this is. By the way, these
2: pickles are what they
1: should be. My,
3: my yeah, no, they're really good.
2: I
1: really like them. But I like, oh. I like them deeply
3: sour.
2: I do too, I do too. I tend to like it when they're a whole pickle, and I can like feel the crack yeah. into them. I have a feeling you also feel that way, Jeffrey. I feel mixed, <laughs> but but I can appreciate a spear. One
1: thing. So the thing that I was noticing when we walked in is, you know, this is a great pickle. All these things, like that soup, honestly looks like an amazing, beautiful soup. So but like I had Ziggy delicious. in the back of my mind, being like. You have to order at the mm-hmm. counter? Or
3: Nostrum yeah. guys, little XL, oh. XL, light like, burst out, snow pushed out, and some smoke box collars. Oh, oh thank you. thank you. Wow, thank
1: you, thank
3: you so much.
1: So we gotta get a we gotta get another photo of, of our of our spread. Oh
2: yeah. all <laughs> well, so we have our, our
1: full thing uh, about
2: it. Oh this is everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, your okay. thing wasn't charging that, and that's why yours is dead.
3: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, mine did well, charge. Also
1: having fun oh, okay. I so, think that might be part of the issue.
3: So you're about to compare. So his sort of purist approach, uh, and I, I think uh, you mean purist uh, in that in the, in the sense that he has a certain notion of what it looks like, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's right or wrong or whatever. But this is sort of the model to which he subscribes, is that right?
1: Uh, well, I would say this was like what like old school delis were for a long time. Yeah, okay. this is this is what they were for a long time. And We got to get yeah. us in it, so it's comparable I'm right service operation here of course of course so so, so in my mind Ziggy's coming in here it's like wait you're ordering at the counter and like you walk in and it's just like you know like you know these things are coming on cardboard you know these are on trays you know and like you know and, and, and uh, of course for me it's like I really believe that this is a spirit of these things like I, I'm not I'm a, I'm a descriptivist I'm not a prescriptivist I, I, I don't I, I love that this is a different interpretation, like, this is like a young meets old, like, here we are in a, you know, we got, we got mason jars filled with silverware on the table, you know. This is a one interpretation of this food tradition, and frankly, the deli is only one iteration or interpretation of, of Eastern European Jewish food. No, but we gotta go the other way, that's back Yeah. It. You want me to do it
2: Yeah, thing? you might be able to do it the best.
1: No, we gotta go, We gotta, we gotta go, go, the we go the other like way. You gotta go from here. Coming
2: from here. Oh, yeah. because
1: Yeah. And let me, I can try it with my righty, because I'm, uh... a, I'm a You gotta get in, Jeff. It feels like it's cloudy. I'm thinking, one, two... you need to get someone in order to get the food. One... Okay, we'll get someone to do it.
2: Okay,
3: well. yeah, we do it. Yeah, we can still eat right?
1: So yeah, so basically, so yeah, so um, I was just kind of like ex- having experienced that, and like we loved it. It was so, it, was, it felt like we were existing in a world that like just will no longer be in, in a number of years, but it's like so precious, and yeah. and uh, and now we're in like the new version of it. So I, the contrast is wonderful. Um, and everything I'm eating so far, I am enjoying, and so mm-hmm. and I and I. Yeah, and that's it's a special like moment in time to go to this deli after that deli. Like very few people, probably get to do that in this world, to go to from from Kenny and Ziggy's to Weiss's.
3: So this is why I'm mm-hmm. going to pause and say I just took a big bite of. I think I have the me.
2: Yeah. Definitely. I never eat
3: anything
2: that cheese like this as a kid. In Wisconsin.
3: My family was so good. Mm. Um, I also don't order a matzo ball soup at because my family grew up on the matzo dumpling recipe found in the settlement of So my family's been eating those every piss off for now like four generations. Five generations possibly. So I just have like a different orientation to things, even though Ashkenazi is something. This is great. Right. Yeah. Great I'll
2: it get in there.
3: delicious. Like, this is food that I couldn't get excited about. Also, like at summer camp, you know, every Saturday lunch, the Jewish summer camp, I should note, was cold guts. Mm. And yeah. It wasn't <gasps> jelly,
1: it was cold guts. They didn't have that yeah. So I was like, all right, oh, I'll yeah. Just yeah. Eat whatever else they cold made. I could have gotten a version all of these things. This is a
2: fantastic mind beer. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's nice and thick, very. Thick. I like a thick cut. You
1: got a nice crust on the right
0: Ooh, great. I like
2: it. Well, deli is about a place, right? So, this, yeah. this, you're, you're into place, and deli about a place. You can't, t- you can get a deli tray potentially and bring it to like a Shiva, for example, or a Gris. You could do that, but it would have to be from a deli so that you love and know.
1: And it's nearby. Who's going to have a hot pastrami sandwich that's going to like, you know, be sitting around? No, you're, you're going to have a cold cut. You have, Convenience—you got to go to the place. This is gonna be steamed, and it's gonna be cut like right before it's served. Yeah. Like that's the only way you're gonna do it.
2: Right. So yeah. you can't do deli at camp. I yeah. mean, I guess you could, but the kids—why would you? They well, wouldn't appreciate could, it. Right? I mean, this is. I
3: don't
1: know, do you I think you can. Know? Think you can't?
2: Hmm. They there's good. Good.
3: You
1: think that there are pieces of this? This is the point point
2: view. Yeah. Yeah. So you're
3: size.
2: of Yeah. they very good.
1: Yeah. Um uh, please. You know, apparently we have to dig in all this uh, fish sauce. We do. Well that's dessert. Let's start right there. Let me try this. See, I just I I, I really like Ziggy's soup, but I also disagree with him. I I love a golden broth, you know.
3: So what did you eat
2: there? Every single thing.
1: Mm, this is good.
2: We had yeah, yeah, it's really good. He, I you mean he like just we, no I mean we didn't he, we didn't even have a conversation we just sat down and the waiter rolled up to the table and he just listed out at least 20 things that we needed to eat we had soup but he has a soup called mishmash soup so it's a matzo ball noodles kreblau yeah all in the bowl I've heard of it mm-hmm. delicious
1: and you're gonna try some of this so I'm gonna try some of that yeah
2: he had we had I'll cut this one um, oh, great.
3: This is going to be a ton of food. By my estimation, this is a ton of food. It's a ton of food. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's great. Is there a favorite? Great.
2: The Ramen, right? It's
3: great. It's really good.
2: Really good. The chopped liver was very good yesterday.
3: Oh, oh yeah. I enjoy oh, chopped yeah. oh, liver here. Honestly, though. Do you like it? it? Um, is your preference for it to being chunky or?
2: I can get it I can get down with either. Yeah. In a, in our book we have a smoother pate like, lighter chopped liver, which which I happen to really, really like. Um, it doesn't feel as intense to eat it. Yeah,
1: it's good. The reason we did that by the way was because as much as we like chopped liver, a lot of people don't like chopped liver, they're scared of chopped liver and we want to make it more accessible to people. I find that the oh, chunks this is more corned beef. Yeah, this is this is the pastrami. Uh, give that a go. It's really good pastrami.
2: Really good. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think I think this is interesting. Ziggy was talking about how some pastramis have so much of that smoke flavor mm-hmm. that he feels like they kind of have a Texas brisket or you know feel to them and, and which is different than sort of what he did, but this is a fantastic fantastic pastrami, and that, corn, and that corned beef was wonderful, I actually sometimes don't like corn beef as much, I feel like it doesn't always have as much flavor, but this no, is it a really, really flavorful one. I went mm.
3: pastrami corned beef, and I thought the corn beef would be like, eh,
1: after pastrami. Really, really strong. No, no, no the corned beef Drink, really drink a sip of this with that pastrami now, like, like, that, or, that's important, that's
3: We're now, like, getting to backwash territory. Mm-hmm. That's cool.
1: Oh, I'm just declaring. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah
1: we totally in that. One thing that I'm finding intriguing is a lot of these newer delis pre-mustard your sandwich. That's delicious. Like, what's up with that? That's, uh, that to me is interesting. You know? As opposed to
2: putting mustard out. Like, this mustard
1: out also, but the, the, the adding the mustard and mm-hmm. then serving to me is a really curious, that was like, that was like, you'd get your sandwich.
2: because we ordered the OG. Wait, it Which has mustard.
1: Ah, oh, I didn't see that, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz mustard it's such a personal.
2: Well, you yeah. have to but Can they I have to help the people. They sandwich. have to help people, you know, to order. Not everybody's going to know. That's mm. the point. So, you might not know to put mustard on it at a new deli. Someone might not realize so. Really
3: that like the place has to acclimate you, of course. Or then you
2: have to acclimate to the place. It's ethnic food.
1: What was yeah. the, what was the thing that Ziggy was talking about yesterday the with truth. the um the the New York yeah. Post yeah.
2: headlines? Oh, it was a joke. He was like he was like, "Oh, we made these it's fictional headlines Indian like corned beef seen on white, white bread with mayo, say it, say it, mayo, May-
1: mayo Mayo, it ain't so or something like mayo that? Mayo it ain't so. Because <laughs> it's like one of the rules of Delhi deli is like. No, there's no, you can't have, bread. you know, the, the joke is, just, uh, you know, someone's going to yeah. come in and walk in, a Gentile's going to be like, oh, can I have some uh, mayonnaise and some white bread with my uh, like I mean? Right. It's like, get the hell out of here, what are you doing?
3: Uh, Yeah, we're not, we're pro-integration, except when it comes to our condiments.
1: Well, it's a good, frankly, it, it's and then, a... And then we got,
3: we got lines to draw. Well, so, if, I mean, forget that our own sort of cultural assumptions. Why do you think mayo is so far
1: outside of the Jewish... It's not. I mean, like, you know, yeah. the coleslaw usually has mayo in it. Yeah,
2: the egg salad has mayo in it. Yeah. It's... Wait, but egg salad to me makes sense because you're already working
3: with eggs and to make a mayo that goes on... Like, to me, that makes sense because that's an egg dish. I, mean, but I can imagine a tuna salad or something without mayo, or is he saying it's always classically
1: written? It's class... But, a deli would have tuna with mayo. A deli is not going to have tuna without mayo. So it's more just like... Frankly, I mean, like, where do these rules come from? Like, these rules are, are not hard. It's not like this has been like, oh, yeah, it's not it really like a pastrami it sandwich. A zinghi, right? It's not like a pastrami a sandwich. Way. No, well, Ziggy got from other folks, right? Like, for 100 Passed years, down. it's been like this. But the deli, I mean, the deli is an American tradition. The delis do not exist outside of it. If you were eating pastrama, pastrama from Romania or Turkey, you know, years ago, I don't think they had rules. There just wasn't mayonnaise. So it's interesting. Like, what I think is interesting is it's this is like um, you know, mayonnaise was very American in many ways. Of course, if you go to Russia, everything's with mayonnaise, right? But it was this idea of mayonnaise and white bread. Being I think of also French. I mean, yeah. I
3: just think of it as
1: like, Yeah, yeah, it's everything. Everything has this sort of lusciousness yeah. to But there's something about like, but it's interesting. This is like a defiance, like, you know, in so many ways, Jews assimilated, all these ways. But here, here is like a, a cultural like moment. Like, no, we're not gonna, resist. we're not gonna go that far. We're not gonna have white bread and mayonnaise. That's a line drawn in the sand. To me, that, that's there's a pride that Jews have about may- mayonnaise a uh, mustard versus mayonnaise on their yes. on their smoked uh, yes. meats or the cured meats, but yes. they don't have it with anything else. It's like, oh, it's okay. We can you know we can do anything else. You know, we can we can you know. Uh, are,
3: there, are there other Jewish foods that you feel that way about that like we've been a little too lax about? Well, I have some ideas.
2: Well, the one thing I would say there's many things, but one thing I would say is that. The deli is a sacred institution. People draw lines in the sand about the deli in ways that they didn't about other things. Meaning, the deli is the Jewish food that Ashkenazi Jews have retained pride in. Yeah. The filter fish, obviously, they have not retained pride in. They put it in a jar and put it in gelatinous, fake, synthetic gel, and and it... just got a little taste of that.
3: Said it too. I can just imagine it. it yeah, really of has course. Such a
2: memorable it's, it's just terrible. I mean, you lose, and, and how could you have pride in something that's served that way? Yeah. But the deli has remained sacred, and that's why, what, that's why mayo hasn't made it in. Well, mayo's all over this meal. It, it onto not, me, onto, onto the the meat. Onto meat. We're having a discussion about meat.
3: meat. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah no. I'm just saying. There, this is an institution that people have retained pride and they care about these sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. They're not going to adulterate them.
1: I, I think your point about the deli as a secular synagogue is really, it's, it's the same way that people talk about it. It's like, you know, people who don't want music on like a service on a Friday night, it's like, they had they had drums or they had music there. I don't, I don't want to go there. Like, I, I don't like that. I, I, I'm uncomfortable with that. But, you know, but that becomes a personal choice whereas the delis became sort of like this larger decision. It's like, like, like the deli, It would be like the rabbis, you know, implementing that rule, like, no music on Shabbat, and then like, I mean, which they do in many ways, but like, but like, holding that line and kind of, you know, making fun of people who come in there wanting to play music on Shabbat. there's a way that like the Delhi culture has been such that like like if you want to, right, a grasp of authenticity I would be curious if we asked Mike over here like yeah. can we get some mayonnaise for this <laughs> like what how he'd respond just
3: get out, of just get out
1: of yeah, exactly I'm curious cuz uh, he might have internalized that as well because you know I'm
3: sure he did let's, let's see
1: what he does Yeah he does. so I want you to be as earnest as possible
3: is possible can we get some mayonnaise? Be able to do it I don't really like mayonnaise to begin with Sincere.
1: It won't be a sincere quest. Yeah, you think he'll, get it, he'll buy it from us? No, probably Especially not. that he knows that we were just at a... You know, it's not it. going to happen.
3: Spot? Well, they, you I know, like So I kind of feel the way about uh, bagels. Uh, that bagels have been unculturated. That, like, they, they've, gotten, they've gotten, like a little bit too far. Don't ask this
2: guy. He's going to disagree with you. No.
3: Like, bagel yeah. bites and the You're saying they, like they have gone outside. too far? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I agree with Oh, that. I thought you said the opposite. No, no, that that, that, that it remains sacred. No, I'm saying I'm saying yeah. it does not remain sacred in the area. Okay, America. yes, yes, yes,
2: just, like, yes. Blueberry and bagels and all that. Blueberry yeah. bagels. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Rainbow bagels. Jalapeño yeah, bagels.
2: Did you see stuff. the one today? Although so it's California and I really dig that. But still, no, I... Also,
3: i got to show you um, something today. And I actually feel this way also about jalapeño. When I was a kid, I thought out Halloween was almost always from bags. Like rarely was it from the market, and I, and I realized as juice we felt um, that was sad we couldn't buy it at the market. But now, that we buy is is basically white bread that's braided. Were those, those Halloween bagels? Halloween bagels. Well, home yeah, beans? you Maybe know, just to, just to note, those are not here at Wexler's. Those from just Instagram. <laughs> Yes, I uh, never find such Actually I love the bagel display here. And the downtown yeah, it's they make the bowls of part of like the partition of, this, of their food stand, just rows of bagels, which is like a, it's like a badge of honor, Like you know,
2: bagels,
3: bagels, mm-hmm. mustard, like mm-hmm. instead of like vodkas right, and, right, and things right, right, right bar. I mean that's kinda what it
1: is. Yeah, no bagels yeah. Like, I don't know, I remember when I first walked into um, one of those bagel shops that had, like, you know, all those, like, fancy cream cheeses, like, not fancy, all those, like, colorful cream cheeses and different things, and it's like, what do people want from this bagel experience? Like, like, what was lacking? You know, we needed to add it all into the bagel? Like,
2: yeah.
1: who was it that was just told us a story about someone walked into, oh, Josh. Um, in Toronto people walk in and and they didn't know what a bagel was and it's like a little appetizer shop that (laughs) sells bagels and cream cheese like can I get one of those donuts with uh,
2: mayonnaise on it yeah a donut
1: with mayonnaise on it asking for a bagel with cream cheese someone who had never heard of a bagel before that was pretty that was was really
2: funny
1: but so yeah so I do think that yeah, I don't know. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, okay, great. People I mean, if people wanted to make rainbow bagels because they yeah. felt like rainbow bagels or all these different things were gonna like, yeah, this is gonna be good for the bagel. Like, this is good for the bagel world and bagel culture. Like, I'd feel fine about it. That was someone's expression of who they are. But I feel like it just became this like trendy thing and everyone's like, I gotta have rainbow bagels, I gotta have like funfetti cream cheese, I gotta do all of those those things and like it was it's just for a trend and then like that trend lasted for two months and now no one's doing it again doing it anymore maybe someone's still doing it in one of these I mean, places sure.
2: yeah, sure. they are well, they are it's to
3: on
2: here. I have to say I, I don't totally agree with you guys on this meaning I mean I, find, I'm okay I, I, mean, I do but in New York for me Bagels have become a New York institution, and not so much a Jewish institution. So I don't think of bagels as as sacred. Um, like I love good bagels, and I hate bad yeah. bagels. Right? Like I feel strongly about a good bagel versus a bad bagel. But it's not crazy to me that bagel shops make fancy, crazy cream cheeses or fancy flavored bagels, because it's a it's a food for the masses. At least in New York, like it's a, it of course like it's gonna it, it it doesn't feel like a Jewish institution to me. So I don't feel like wow we need to protect this sacred institution. But what about
1: guess, you as a New Yorker?
2: I think that a good, if there's good bagels, they're good. So for me, a, ba- a bagel shop that's baking their own bagels by hand, as long if they are if they are truly making bagels by hand, bagel people have pride. Bagel bakers have pride in their bagels. Yeah, but so, I mean, are you insulted
1: by bad bagels as a New Yorker?
2: Yeah, I'm, of course. But that doesn't. But to me, bad bagels doesn't equate flavored bagels. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't. That's not like like. There's a bagel shop right near my gym. You know, it's this like, you know, just dumb like corner bagel shop. But they are pumping out super fresh, delicious bagels. There's definitely not anybody Jewish running this bagel shop. Yeah. And they have like weird flavored bagels. They're New Yorkers. They're New Yorkers.
3: I mean, I think that is an interesting thing because. What it means is that the city has taken on characteristics or qualities of the people that inhabit it as it should. Big time. But that's I'm not saying this in a loaded like political sense. That's a cultural that's cultural appropriation, right? Just as it was for us too. I mean I say saying people all the time. It's not like these were exclusively Jewish things necessarily. It says that these were our versions, and now we are the ones that introduce others mm-hmm. to these things. Challah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. hasn't always looked like a braided brioche.
2: Exactly. And so the, the thing I'd say about challah is like, though it should I love challah. Challah is the first thing I ever baked. I mean, challah is like my favorite thing. But to me, the main characteristic of challah is that it's an elevated bread. It's a special bread for Shabbat. So if what you do to make it special is you, you know, there's like these Halloween challahs with candy, and it. it's like, that's not necessarily what I'm gonna do. But like, if that's what you want to put on your Shabbat table because that's like super special and it gets everybody really excited, and it's like an eggy, rich bread, it, you know, it's still like in the I'm not like offended by that. Hmm? I mean, I lo- for me, it's like, is it a, is it a well-baked bread? Like, is it a good bread? Does it feel like something you want to eat on a special yeah. day? Good. All right. Right.
1: Huh. See, I'm not I'm not offended by it. I just like I just don't want to eat that. I hear that. Yeah. I, I listen. I want people to be able to do whatever they want. Like I feel like it's fine. Like if people want to have rainbow well. bagels, I just I find it I find it distasteful. The same way I find all of the same schmaltzy jokes about you know. Not your 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 bubby's, you know, uh, brisket, I don't know. There's like, there's like a, a like, uh, like monikers
2: that are thrown onto the two
1: of you oh that's no man, it's oh, oh, everything you know everyone's like oh you should call that not your bubbies. like people probably should have called it not your bubby it's cookbook it's like no but I,
3: listen uh, I'm a joke writer I've got some clever ideas for you guys that kind of stuff and then they're like you guys should really
2: they don't even them give themselves that much of a preface they're like you know what you know what you should do we had this joke for a long time you know what you should do everyone's like my mother made this thing that's what you should do but then you call it not my bubbies. what Ever, you know,
1: everyone says that's like for years. Yeah, so for yeah. me, so for me, the rainbow bagel thing. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's in New York or whatever. Like, okay, this is a thing. Like, I'll ignore, I'll ignore it. But I just don't like when, um, when too much of the culture becomes uh, shallow. When it becomes totally. uh, there's no depth. When when we're making, um, you know, all these sweet, you know, gooey, chocolatey hollows because people like sweet gooey chocolate things and it's like and it's challah and we're Jewish like to me nice. that's not enough of a connection right to me I
3: hear that if it's like oh
1: usually we want to like build and foster a, like, a, a a culture in our home for our kids on Shabbat where they can be playful and creative and, and, and it's how we weave it into our, our experience of doing the holiday like to me I like that but if it's just like we need something gooey and fun like so we have a new challah for like you know so we can be like trendy for a moment like to me that is just upsetting to me because I want I want this to be a culture of death I want this to be. I want this food to mean something to people, the way that it meant something to us. And I just. I don't want another generation to be like, oh, great. Like, yeah, yeah. I grew up. You know, like, imagine if you grew up being like, yeah, in challah every Friday night. You know, like the traditional, you know, chocolate and uh, mint and whatever challah. But if
2: that's what my mother <laughs> made from scratch every Friday, that's great. What I'm saying is, if someone makes challah, they're having a special experience with that challah. So I can look from the outside and be like, God, this shit is shallow but the person baking that challah is not having a shallow experience. Baking challah is really meaningful to them, you know? And, and so, I, I agree. Like, the, the, it's, I think it's the commentary that you have a real issue with, not even the process. It's like the way we talk about it, not even the doing of it. I guess
1: I think it's like challah is one of those foods that just became shorthand for, like, you know, American Jewish. Like, people, everyone Fair. knows challah. Everyone knows challah. Yes. And so it's like, oh, I'll put chocolate in my challah, and this is me being Jewish and playful, you know? And I feel like, and that shorthand is also partly because, you know, like a lot of foods that were Jewish foods or Ashkenazi foods are just no longer even associated with Jews because people don't know about them. You know, they don't know about about those cultures, those traditions. They didn't grow up with it. Right,
2: for sure. That's true. For sure.
1: And so, challah became the the low hanging fruit.
2: But it's the low hanging fruit for a reason because you make it every week. And there's something significant Uh, about that.
3: There's a time bound relationship.
2: I agree that it's the low hanging fruit, but I think that it's for a real reason. It's the same thing with certain holiday foods that people get upset. It's like matzo ball soup. It's like, it's, a, I don't know, it's like, a, a no, no, matzo ball no, soup. I think you're exactly right.
3: A lot of holiday foods, like as a category, holidays are, are a touchy time for me. Because it's the one thing that they can do to remind themselves Oh, yeah. no, I'm, I'm Jewish. Jewish. Oh, yeah. Also, he, he, here's
1: the thing, though. A lot of, like, babka... Or American,
3: or... Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Fat, Right, I mean, no, right. because I think that's a big part of it,
1: too. Yeah, but so, babka used to be, like, babka is now very trendy and popular. Very trendy. Babka would, traditionally, one of the ways it was made it was not, it was a yeast dough that was very much like a challah dough. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Why don't we just make those sweet challahs and call them babka? Like why don't we do that? Like why do they have the challah? And the the fact you know because that was that was the distinction. You had you had your sweet challah-like okay. food that was a babka, and then you had your challah. But chala. now, but because challah is even lower hanging fruit than babka, for most people even though babka is hip and, and trendy in our subculture of New York, LA, you know, food people. You know, so it's on like suburb magazines like Cover One. You know what? Is everyone paying attention is that to that? Really a thing? Is oh yeah, there's all yeah, vodka, vodka issue. Vodka is a, a big trend right now, but like in a very in like food the, in food yeah.
2: in like food circles. Yeah, it,
1: exactly. But, it
2: severe, which yeah. is like you know?
1: A, it, it's a thing. It's a thing in a very select world, but like, but that's what vodka traditionally would be. But people like don't even know enough about vodka to need to have the halas be basically what vodka would be but shaped like a hot, you know, so that's what's interesting to me. It should be the same. We should have be able to have the conversation to say, oh, what you're making is actually a kind of babka. All
3: right, so this comes into my other my other work a lot, which is just experience and education. You know, how much of it is even beginning to have a conversation with people saying, okay, this thing that you feel connected to and that you understand as part of your heritage, but you actually know nothing about mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. and how it came to be. Or mm-hmm. the, how do you bring them into the country? I mean, I know right now you know that you write a book and you're touring the country, but like, casually, how do you bring people into that conversation?
2: Well, I mean, for us, part of writing the book as opposed to opening a restaurant was we want people to do this in their home. Because when you make foods in your home, you have a very different experience than when you go and have like a nostalgia fest at a restaurant, right? So when you make something in your home, your home smells like it, you invite people over, you ha- and inherently, you are learning more when you are cooking a food at home. And so I think probably, if as an educator, you probably have to get folks to, you probably have to get folks to somehow take ownership in order for it to mean anything to them. And it has, they have to take ownership in a way that goes one step beyond just the, oh yeah, this is like a part of my heritage that I don't know anything about. Like they have to take, go one step past that. So how do, you, how do you take that one step past it? I don't know, I think you create experiences where people want to take one step past it. And I don't, I mean, it depends what you're doing, right? But like for us, it's like, yeah, cook it in your own house. If you cook it in your own house and your house smells like it and you serve it to people, that is going to be a totally another level of relating to it than being like, matzo ball soup, hey, a designer. Like, if you make matzo balls, you're going to, like... You're gonna care about lots
3: of balls. I, I love that your motivation for this book was not a book tour and cooking demos, but no. But don't so. have opposite. I you know that people would, would like take it and go, Oh, yeah. I can make this. Yeah. Stuff. Of course. you would open their eyes to on
1: possibilities. I mean, it's honestly like it feels it feels kind of radical. Like making making some of these things the way they're yeah. meant to be made, making oh my them like old fashioned way. It, it is radical. Yeah. When you people went, that like way. that's I mean we called it a manifesto, of the book you know for a reason. But when we started making the filter fish, it was like. My, my family had a gefilte fish crisis. My grandmother stopped making it. The Zetas, the deli that was serving gefilte fish, they had closed. We were getting it from someplace in Staten Island. That place closed. And we're like, what are we going to do? Like, we, you know, I live in, my family's from Jersey. We're not going to go into Manhattan and, and, like, you know, and drive to get gefilte fish right before the holiday. And I remember saying to my parents, why don't I just do it? Why don't I make it? And I had never taken a leap, because like, gefilte fish was always something that disappeared. It was never something that I made. It was never me. It, was, you know, it, it never came from here. It was just, it was, oh, it was, it was a thing.
3: Gefilte fish. It just showed up. Swimming upstream, my dad like, used to say. It's kind but of like little gefilte swimming
2: upstream. It's kind of like when it
1: is... It's hilarious. (laughs) But it's kind of like when you're younger. It's like you never like no. You're you're looking at like a condiment, like a mustard or a ketchup. You never think, oh yeah, I can make that. You know, we put a mustard in the book because mustard plays such a big role. And frankly, the homemade mustard is really good. And it was just. Can I tell you something? Yeah. It was one of my favorite
3: things to find in the book. Was the mustard? I'm totally serious because it's been on my list of like all my DIY things I've been learning how to do over the years. who makes mustard regularly, Yeah, yeah. 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 Like pickles and krauts and kombucha sure. and all that stuff. Like, I, I met someone they, they or would, they would just talk me through it or whatever. we probably talk about
2: pickles at least a few times. I'm sure. Um, Alright, so what are we about to dive into here? We're when, about when, to, This is the to trout. The we ended, trout. ended up getting the yeah. trout.
1: Well, it does look see. like an ice cream cone. with a nice scoop. So we got a smoked trout, we have an egg
3: salad, and we have a... We call these lost collars.
2: What do you call them? All these what? Colors. Lox collars. lox collars. Cool. It and was it was in the trout. Yeah. I looked at it in the cases. Was the trout? It, and
1: this is just like a salmon salad in the form of a white, like a baked salmon salad, baked salmon, like we had. Like we had yeah. yesterday.
2: Real, real.
1: And those bagels. It's a nice looking, attractive looking bagel. I gotta say. Um, yeah. Shall we have some fish?
3: Let's have some fish. But did you try the the lox? I did salad? not. You, so what did you think of the lox?
2: I
1: thought it was delicious. Um, well, nice is
3: really, it's nice and thick. Everything's
2: so smoke. smoky here. Yeah, uh, the but I really
3: like it. I, I think part of that is my southern roots, but also that in Texas, I like developed this like love oh, yeah. of, of, of deep, deep flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
1: That's a kind of that's another interesting thing that I was thinking a lot about yesterday with um, our conversation with Ziggy. You know, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things we push back against a lot in the book and our just general philosophy and our talking about these things is you know, everything got standardized at a certain time. A lot of things yeah. got standardized in the, in the United States. And, you know, a lot of it in the 50s. Yeah. You know, my own family, you know, my mother told me that some of my favorite recipes that I thought were my family recipes were just from the Manischewitz cookbook. The one, like, the 1952 edition or whatever it was. And, you know, there it was so much diversity. Like, every single shtetl did something differently. Right. You know, you had different yep. wood that you were smoking. People had different styles. You just, you know, you. it's not like there was one one... One uh, one way to make a uh, one way to make um, to smoke a fish. It was like everyone who lived near a lake was smoking some fish. Well, of that.
2: course, people weren't. This this smoked white fish
1: so Yeah, so, so it's like so like the idea that that standardization is actually like in some ways that like I, I I both I both so appreciate the authenticity of like a good New York deli and at the same time like when I want to think I think of a smoked whitefish like my best smoked fish experiences have been in the Catskills
2: yeah Yeah, when you just like roll through some Well I met this like random Jewish guy from
1: Brooklyn who like you know had like a I was just driving to Phoenicia and it was just a sign smoked fish here I pulled it was his backyard I go in I, I drive in and he goes there and he's and this guy is just sitting there, he's like an old hippie, old Jewish kid from Brooklyn moved to the Catskills, and he goes and catches uh, trout and smokes it, and I had the best smoked trout of my life, and I'm... Um...
3: Yeah, really, really oh yeah, I love that. I love that. It is
2: salmon, right? You can tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if not, yeah if so there's I mean, a trout sign there, but it's smoked
1: not. I've heard this of this. This is too. delicious. Mm. This is really is a good. Really,
3: if you can imagine a fattier
2: part of yeah. this really, is so really
1: good. Sweet and outstanding.
2: This is the winner so far, yeah. I like how um I like how
1: dry parts of it are. It's
2: I, like it's like beef jerky.
1: I know, yeah, it's it's, it's I, ah. I, I actually really like that. I, you know, because the center of it is um is is sort of like a typical like you know, Nova situation, but really
3: thin on the launch. Mm. But this is like sweet Oh
1: yeah, mm, that is good. That that's me is the, 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 the winner, yeah. Mm, wow. I kinda want that. I kinda want that with me when I'm like hiking.
2: Yeah.
3: was just Oh yeah. I going to put that
1: in the Ziploc and just keep
2: it in my back Yeah, it's like I might get a couple of those rooms to my friend that I'm staying with. She will love that. Yeah. She will be so excited.
3: Mm. Um, I should know too I think just smoked whitefish but this might be my first time having smoked whitefish Wow Again, it's like things I didn't grow up with and, and, it, and I was a, a pee eater as a kid Yeah My mother grew up in a home where, where um, she was maintaining things that she didn't want to eat and so she was kind of like you know just,
2: if you don't like it you don't have to eat it Right
3: um, it led to some really unhealthy uh, eating habits in high school and college. Yeah. Because it was like, yeah, just whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like Nutritionally-based eating. Uh, yeah. But yeah. it means that I didn't adventure. I didn't try things that just looked different. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: And Now I'm not really afraid of things, but, you know, you kind of get your own style.
0: Yeah.
3: We yeah. shared a great meal together in, in uh, Brooklyn. Remember, we went to Hot pop oh,
1: yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: You remember this Where did you grow up in the South?
3: So I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. Cool. I moved when I was 11, so I like... No, through 11,
2: that's serious. But I have
3: a lot of very distinct memories.
2: Oh, no. Zero to 11. That's a serious time in your life. Yeah.
1: Um, But so... Your family's Ashkenazi, though, right?
3: My family is Ashkenazi. In fact, my my parents just did... Yeah. like the ancestry, DNA, or mm. whatever. My father, I've never, like, maybe just because of those commercials, they love to show you, like, wow, who knew I was, like, 11% mm-hmm. Cherokee or whatever. Yeah. But,
2: um,
3: there's, I don't know why I grabbed this at home. My father is 100% <laughs> He has nothing else in him. I mean. So, like, any diet, like, any that like, is stomach so issues deep. I have, I'm like, thanks, Dad. But, like, everything is about him, you know? When I am my son now, Thanks,
1: Dad. But your, but your mother was not 100%? My mom was like
3: 70-something percent, and then she had like a end of Irish, and uh, wow. little, little things here in America. Hey, I mean, we all, I know since all the time, like, we did not look like this at some point in history.
1: Definitely not this handsome.
2: Four Or well.
3: <laughs>
1: <We're childs. laughs> tall. talls. Yeah, my my father's parents were like five, four. I love four. that you think I am
3: tall. See, only in Jewish circles am I tall. How tall are you? I ten.
1: Oh, I'm taller than her. My brother-in-law,
3: a nice Israeli boy. No, I said you're uh, tall, uh, I was saying the both you. I was you. also okay, yeah. You're yeah. You're taller. Wait, so I wanted to ask you this question before. So what do you consider... You you said this interesting thing about how you want people to like be inspired by the food that they eat in these places, and then make it at home. So I'm kind of curious which inspires you more. You're from your past, not currently, but like... More that you ate that way at home, and so you have, a, you have something from home that you want to preserve, or that home introduced you to these—you know, your family introduced you to these flavors—but it's really outside of the home that you deepen your love. Well, Am I drawing two distinct boundaries yeah.
1: Probably, but.
3: Well, and, and
2: I will, and I will
1: say, and I will out. say that Liz's answer to your initial question was would not have been my answer.
2: Yeah.
1: But, but we'll, but we'll go with this. I would say we don't like the word preserve. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yep.
1: Um, the word, we don't use that word. We we like to well you know we we like to think that there's an element you know, there's a lot of words that get thrown around. Sometimes we might use the word revitalize, but we like to use the word reimagine, um, and that's intentional. You know we uh, you know we when you when you say preserve it means you're kind of keeping this thing forward. You're moving this thing forward. That's actually the same, and it's just saying the same and the same and the same. Um, any cuisine, any culture, it evolves, right? We just want to evolve it in a way that is pays deference to its past. That actually. Has a really deep tie to where this food tradition came from, the people, the, the culture that surrounded it, and we want to move it. We want to go look backwards to be able to look forwards because we've had this weird middle area of the past 50, 60 years where this food has just been declining. As we we haven't preserved it, but we haven't we just let it. We've been letting it rot and 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 kind of fade away. So, so that's the word preserve. You know. So yeah, we have really fond memories of going to the delis around New York. We both grew up around New York.
2: Did you know each other
1: No, no. 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 We were living parallel lives. Long, long, I was Long, in long Island. Island. Who's in New
2: Jersey? No.
1: Yeah. Um, but so we uh, we were we were, we were yeah, dive in go go do it.
2: Like, so
1: we were doing we were doing that kind of. Um, so we, we, ha- we went to the delis, we, like, had those great experiences. We, you know, um, my family, more than your family, I think, had a lot of, you know...
2: Like, on the holidays,
1: you ate, you, you ate a lot of those foods. Yeah, no,
2: you're... The big difference between Jeff and I, from a culinary perspective, is that Jeff's grandparents are from the old country. Jeff's family cooked with an old... Like, a real old country yeah. mentality. They had accents, you know what I'm saying? They were... a ri- They spoke...
1: All my grandparents were born in Poland, you know...
2: And Are I did know, not have that
3: experience.
1: Well, you know that was not something that came from no, family. No.
2: All of not.
1: You know What it. do I know? Well, yeah, yeah. What do you know?
3: I'm only like, majority believe it's the bug. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you didn't get to when the you the get,
2: get to the beverage yeah. section, you're gonna, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna yeah. Grandma root was
1: not something. all, about up. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> but um, wait, you were about saying your family. Oh, sorry.
2: Oh, so my family was just a couple generations further. My great-grandparents came here and when they were young, on all ends. So I did not have Yiddish around me. I did not have anyone with an accent around me. There was not that. That spirit was there, but already more Americanized. Um, So so my food was a little hodgepodge, right? It was like, we always ate those Jewish foods, but like... Whereas Jeffrey would say, oh, my grandma Ruth made these things. Like, I don't have that, oh, my grandma made these things that were the thing, you know? But I I was always very... I was always a big eater. Like, I loved food, and Uh, so for me, I think... And and we were just so Ashkenazi. I mean, we we were, you know, just totally all the way Ashkenazi. There was nothing... You had a lot of Yiddish
1: inflection, like, Yiddish inflection, a lot of Yiddish languages, words, like, punctuating your vocabulary. No, it was a
2: big part of my life, but I don't have that direct line that I think that you have. Which, it doesn't matter, because we ended... I mean, interestingly, we ended up in a very similar place. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. that, That is interesting to me, how, like sort of first generation and uh, second or third generation. I'm also, I, I didn't even hear any of this My grandparents supposedly knew it, but uh, I never heard it. So, but also, again, I was in the South, so I was not in a, in a space, in a place right. that actually fostered those kinds of memories for the people that I knew, right? Yeah. No. We were kind of this isolated Jewish group. In right. Jews in the South, they were hard to be like everybody else. So right. 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 So it's a different kind of impulse thing.
2: Yeah. Definitely.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, big gathering was doing things that other people did at the gatherings, right? So, like, if they ate ribs, like, we ate ribs.
2: Oh, mm. yeah. well, you didn't even def- grow up keeping kosher. I yeah,
3: definitely did not grow up keeping wow. kosher. Now, it yeah. doesn't mean that, like, at Esau, we had pork ribs. Of course. We were skin and waffle soup, but, you know, we looked like probably any family in the U.S. But when you might have spaghetti and
2: meatballs, you ah. would have pork ribs,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
2: Very interesting.
1: That's interesting. But so, so to answer your initial question, yeah. which was, which was,
3: home, yeah, sort of, which inspires you? When you, when you look back, I mean, we were talking about revisionist history, when you look back, is it more home that really kind of launched you, or do you feel like, home introduced you to these other places like 2nd and Avenue Delhi where you know, anytime you were home
1: from college or visiting another place booking, you were cooking fast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, so I would say home for sure played a big role, you know, just in terms of the comp, you know, one of the things that, you know, growing up in, the, in my family, we talked about food a lot, you know, so, you know, we talked about eating a lot. And, of course, it's a common Jewish thing, right? But so in addition to talking, you know, so not only were we cooking these foods on the holidays, we were talking about the foods we were cooking. So that was part of that Mm -hmm. cultural experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely some of those things come from there. Some of it was... uh, uh, going yeah, going out to the delis. My, my father grew up in Kinden, Brooklyn. So he would take me, you know, he, I had to go try Mrs. Stahl's knishes, you know, his favorite knish place in Brighton Beach. And he took me in middle school with a friend of mine. And I remember being so annoyed. Like, why are we going to this place? We went to Coney Island to the freak shows there. And then we were going to get a knish. And it was just you know, uh, and I remember not appreciating it when I was thirteen or twelve. And of course, Mrs. Dolls is closed now. And whenever I tell people that I went there, all these old timers are like, "You know it?
2: You get street you know, cred." I, I for have that. so much
1: street cred for having gone yeah. to these places that my father <laughs> took me. And so I, I had that kind of that deli, uh, you know, uh, education. Yeah. But then, uh, yeah, college. College I was feel like it was almost
3: like an acculturation.
1: No, yeah, it, it was. It, it, yeah. It was it was the same way that I would be someone you know I, I went I, you know that was the same time I was studying for my bar mitzvah right so I went I went to synagogue and I was learning to read Torah I was learning to read halach Torah from the from the rabbi and my father you know my father didn't like services but what did what did, he, what did he love he loved pastrami mean what did he do he would take me he's like no this is how I you know I don't think he was this intentional man you know he was I did not appreciate all of these things at the time but he he, um, he 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 felt like he wanted to give me the yiddishkeit. And, yeah. and I, and you know, they took me to see uh, Mandy Patinkin and Mama Lotion on Broadway. Mm-hmm. I remember falling asleep during it, but like, but I saw it, you know? And, um, and so I really appreciate that. Uh, college was like, whatever, you know? I remember there was one place in Providence where there was like, like, Davis's where we would go and get like cold cuts that were kosher. And, and I, I didn't really have that experience, but I remember coming to New York City and I remember walking and meeting Jackie, our third business partner at the Gefilteria. And we would go and eat at Second Avenue Deli mm. whenever we were in New York together in college, mm. and that was sort of like a, so sweet. our coming together. Whenever, I, and honestly, before I moved to New York, whenever I was in New York, I would make sure, back when I was on Tenth uh, on Tenth Street and mm. Second Avenue. You know, I remember, I remember sitting on Union Square outside, eating like pastrami and corned beef sandwiches, just like walking from the store with it, and um, yeah, yeah, get, get in, in there, there. get, get in, in, there. in there. So that to me is um, yeah. so in terms of where we draw the inspiration from, it's partly from there from those places. And partly, and I guess I'm speaking for me, partly, there's a, I feel a little bit of a resentment uh, that I didn't get all of this tradition. What, what I have is such a small snippet of culture. You know, only on the holidays, and then when I randomly went to a deli, did I eat Jewish? You know, I, I went to a Jewish, Hebrew day school, a Jewish day school, and- fingers at lunch, We did a pizza, well, we had a deli day that then got replaced by a falafel day. I always jokingly, Liz yeah, always thinks it's ridiculous, but I always call it the falafelization of Jewish food right because I saw the, de- the the corned beef and pastrami get replaced by the falafel. But I, I also feel I just I'm re- I'm I, I'm 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 just resentful that I feel like I, I got a, a watered down culture, you know I I and part of it was that right when Jews became Americans we became we became white we sort of got we got de-ethnicized you know and. Yeah. Did you go to public school growing up? No, I went to, to Schechter my Schecter. entire life. Oh, your entire life. Oh. 14 years, nurseries, kindergarten, 1st through 12th, you know, Whew. and so I had a lot That's of that. That's really interesting. But, I, and I, but I, you know, I left not speaking any Yiddish. Yeah. I remember taking a, I tried taking a Yiddish class uh, at the JCC in high school, but I was, I would fall asleep because I was in a dual curriculum school and I was playing sports and then I would go and try to learn Yiddish, in the, like I, I just could not stay awake. Yeah. Um, and so I just felt like, like I didn't get those things, and I, I, I remember, I remember like writing down when I was in college. I visited my grandparents, and I wrote like a note to myself, like learn Yiddish so I can speak with my grandparents, you know. And my grandfather passed away a couple of years after I graduated, and I didn't get to do that. And um, but that's it was just like something that feels sad. I mean, we've talked a lot about when we started this book project. We felt like we didn't have an ethnic food tradition, but yet we sort of did, you know. And 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 there was so much wisdom that we didn't learn, and even just like the basic things we'd learn from cooking with, you know, your mother or grandmother. Our mothers didn't really cook, and and all of these things that you, um, you know, you know, our friends of ours who might be Italian might they might go to Sicily, or they might go to you know, um their, wherever their family's from, Tuscany to connect with their heritage, but. We couldn't. There was no place to go back to. There was no Jewish shtetl in Poland. You know uh, that that world is gone, and so we kind of felt like there was something that was taken from us. And um, so part of this search, this journey into our this food tradition, is to actually kind of re-establish a cultural identity that you know is beyond just you know rainbow bagels and and uh, I don't know
2: Yiddish jokes, yeah, key puns. It's beyond
1: just the like the surface level, you know, right. and it goes deeper right. and and. Right. Um, so I, I mean, uh, you
2: know, you feel it in your kishkas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, and, and, and those I are great, but those
1: you know, are <laughs> right. in service of something else. <laughs> right.
2: you know? I was just gonna say that's one of the things
3: I like about your book is that it's not hokey, it's not, it's not schmaltzy. It's, it's like a really sincere tribute to a very, and and you do you, you claim this ethnic cultural heritage. Okay, same question. I want to know. So, like, for cool. you, more.
2: I Again, I had false dichotomy Totally, well I, Adam, want to thank you Because I just realized something that I've never realized And I've been doing this for for five years Which is, I think That I'm really into these foods Because my family's not that into food My mom, you know, has her PhD She's a professor, she's not like cooking all the time And, you know, my parents Just like, even to this day, like they just don't care That much about food, but they do When they do care about food It's Ashkenazi Jewish food that's the food That's they care what, like, about. Their snobbery
3: turns on. They're like, oh, this. It's snob- not even snobbery. No, 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 I didn't no, mean no. That.
2: it's yeah. more the opposite. It's just like unbridled enthusiasm. Yeah. I mean, when whenever I am, I mean, my parents live in Long Island. I see them all the time, and whenever I go hang out with them, they're like, want to go to the deli? Let's go to the deli. We love the deli, and they like, oh, I mean, they and we would get yeah, we get takeout from the deli for Jewish holidays if like I'm not cooking, and we, I mean. It's like that is the time that food mattered, is when we ate Jewish food. And, I'm, and it was the holidays and it was deli. It wasn't like every, and it was Shabbat, right? And yeah. that's what it was. But I'm not sure I ever realized that until just now, that that's probably why I care about this on some level, is because the subconscious message I got was this is the food that matters. Other food doesn't matter as much. Now, of course, I don't agree with that now. I think food sure, matters but it was in general. What brought you together? Well, it was the food that had meaning. And I always loved food. Like I said, I was like, an, I was not a picky eater and I loved to eat and I always had a big appetite and I was like ready to like go. But, and I cooked as soon as I was allowed to cook, I started cooking in my own home. But that's the food that, that's the food that people got excited about around me. You know, we never like went out for fancy to fancy restaurants or like ate anything. Like you know, remember when sun dried tomatoes were like the biggest thing? And it's like that's. I mean, I happen to still like sun dried tomatoes. I'm not gonna lie, but um, but it's like when sun dried tomatoes came out, it was like wow, sun dried tomatoes. And I remember thinking this is so exotic, like sun dried tomatoes. But it's like if yeah, we got takeout, it was like. Pizza or Chinese food, you know. That was around <laughs> the time
1: that the portobello mushrooms, like like the oh big stuff, God. portobello mushrooms. We I know. Was just thinking the same thing.
2: Yeah. yeah. Portobello <laughs> mushrooms, like yeah, sun dried tomatoes, tomatoes.
3: pesto. showed up. Around pesto, that time, but not definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There a lot of
1: pesto pizzas at that time. That was yes. like a thing. So yeah. What's bread bowl? Bread bowls. That was, that was like mid nineties.
2: Red bowls.
1: It was Terrible. like Panera was kind of like the they had the bread bowl they had the sun-dried tomatoes We didn't
2: have Panera's where I lived but I knew that it was did a you thing Did St. Louis bread company
0: yeah.
1: or
2: no. whatever? No No
3: yeah.
0: We had both in the best We were really uh, it was, you gotcha. you know,
2: doing, doing it Doing it yeah. No we had, like, I grew up in a where I grew up just did not have a lot of chains so we had like we literally had like an amazing bagel place, an amazing pizza place, and a Jewish deli. I mean, that is like, That's what and there I was. still cut in yeah. Chinese food. Yeah. Lots of Chinese food. We're kind of on our way
3: back there, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's what, what you, I eat you know, now. Could have been this space if these guys had moved in, right? It could have been anything. It could have been Jamba Juice or something. And It would have been totally normal. Right? Yeah, we all. No one would have blinked if this had become a joke. So yeah. But it became something that's like interesting. Yeah. and tell a story.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. frankly yeah. really delicious. Yeah. yeah, it was very delicious. Uh, yeah, and and I mean, I, I, you know, it. it I take, we take great pleasure in going and seeing all these, like you know. I mean, we love seeing those old delis. We're seeing the like yeah, kind of them. like even like going to a place that's like not an old deli, but like a deli with an old spirit, and then seeing the new spirit deli too. I mean, we love what people are doing. I mean, it, you have yeah. to even even. If, I don't, know, I don't know what you'd have to do to make me not, like, appreciate it. Like, oh, this, this is a young generation that's just, like, taking ownership of this stuff. Absolutely. And, like, and, and doing yeah. their spin on it. And, like, frankly, like, the look and feel of it is, like, perfect for the neighborhood. Like, it feels like it fits in. Like, I can't imagine. Like, you know, I, if Absolutely. we walked into, like, a, an old New York-style deli here, you'd feel like you were kind of... yeah. Yeah, you're just you're pushing against something. It's, it's it would n-
2: feel old. I mean it would feel old. It would feel like time warp and there's something about like, okay, you're in Houston, Texas, and you and like it's ziggy. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, okay, I'm ready for this time warp. Yeah, I yeah. want this time that was a great warp. Time I am work. gonna like was a great lit- time We were there for four work. hours. I mean we like literally were in a time warp for four, also four also hours. You 20 plus dishes. And yes. he and
1: he also jokes that like he li- he moved from New York to Houston, but he still yeah. lives in New York because he like you know, <laughs> everyone around <laughs> him that. Yeah, and, and he's just like, he's, and he's like, people say to me, well, what about all these non-New Yorkers? He's like, they tourists. It's by the deli in New York and have tourists too, you know? And the way he lives his life and the people he, ta- he surrounds himself with, it is really true. And, and, I, I, and I love that about a good deli. A good deli will transport you, you know, an old school deli. And here's a new deli that like, assimilates and yet asserts its, its, its background and cultural identity in a really beautiful way. I, I like them both you know and, totally. and I'm just totally. yeah. so I feel really we feel great about it like the best part of going on a book tour is we get to go and like meet all these great people in all these different cities when we were in Charleston we met like three or four people who were so excited yeah. about starting smoking, a bagel place about fish. smoking fish about sure, yeah. doing a spin on a Jewish devil yeah there was like all of these people with this real dream of, of taking this little piece of that, of, that hit, of their own personal histories of their own personal childhoods of, the, of their upbringings and like oh, and, okay. and I guess Reimagining it for you know, a broader audience and bringing it into the world. I mean, it, it's pretty inspiring. And as sometimes as jaded as we can sometimes be, like, you know, we've been like ta- having a lot of the same conversations about, you know, yeah. pacha and brisket with, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, older, oh, older elder, elderly Jews who really just want to hear the words being uttered, you know? Yeah. Um, brisket. Which is like, we actually, are a, we love it. We're, it's so lovely. It's just like, you know, you know, it doesn't feel like we're, you know, necessarily having new conversations. But then every time we also get to we go to these places, we get to see that young energy in uh, every single place we've been. We've seen.
2: Oh my gosh, big seen, time. Like, yeah, yeah, big time. No, it's it's everywhere, and it's nice because it's like obviously they come out for us, yeah. Which is nice. So then they all meet each other too yeah, and yeah. get to be in the same place too. We have a lot of cool. we a lot of smoked fish ups.
3: I think you're also giving permission, both through your book and just touring and talking about these things to other people to to step up and open their bagel place in Charleston or whatever. There's a place opening here in West LA that is going to be a California cuisine meets Ashkenazi Jewish cuisine. I heard about really? it on the radio on the way is to you guys Is that Jessica
1: Koslow?
2: Yes, I think so. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, heard, heard about, about this. The bus.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's her second place. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She works with a farm in Malibu. Yeah. She's going to figure out ways to... Now, I don't think it's going to be strictly Ashkenazi. She's right, it's diaspora. It's
1: diaspora, right, like right. like like right. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, prickly pear and cactus oh. who else would be a good person to introduce me to a place or you know if you could name if you could endorse someone along your track
2: in LA or just in work. general
3: I just mean I'll get to them quickly but I have this idea that like these kinds of connections will spur on more conversations about place and that's something you should something talk
2: to about thing. place yeah we've been to so many places so you want to talk to someone
3: I want to talk to someone who gets excited about a place. Yeah. Who can have conversations like this. I mean, I might, I might bother you to introduce you to Ziggy some Ziggy. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah.
1: Definitely. he yeah, loved to Houston, but No, I mean, it, You know, I think you should talk to, um, um, you know, do you know David Sachs?
2: Oh, no. He's great.
1: You know Sabrina Mallet?
2: Yes, of course.
1: Her brother-in-law yeah. wrote a book called Save the Delhi.
0: Oh, I've seen that book.
1: He has a book coming out now, next month, or this month. Maybe a week from now, called the Revenge of Analog, and it's all about real things, uh, you know, uh, not digital things. It's about real things in this real world and why they matter. And it's about being present in this, you know. And I think that he's a incredibly smart, well-spoken person. Great, he's made a lot of a lot of deli shit for us, and he's just like a you know, I mean, he's just like a really great guy. And this is a, I, I, I just think right now, more than ever, like, talking about why the digital... He won't mind the
3: digital format, you think?
1: He's got a, well, he's got a book coming out, but it's also an e-book version, yeah, and it's an audio book, you yeah. know? Of course. Um.
3: Ooh, I, well, that's the thing, right? I mean... It's about preserving the conversations and it's not making yeah. sure that they're being shared with people.
1: It's not necessarily yeah. about being pure. And, and he wouldn't mind. He wouldn't mind the recording as long as you know he'll say, let's put it on a record, you know, yeah, on vinyl. On, oh,
3: absolutely. <laughs> oh, I did I mention that at the beginning? Uh, I always just release this on a 7-inch uh,
1: vinyl. You yeah, know how amazing that would be? Podcasts where, like people were selling. Oh
2: po- my Like, gosh. like Yeah, yeah, yeah big state pod- pod- out On the boardwalk, and like that
1: would be so cool. Podcast started that way. It's like every week someone's like, buy my you know my mm-hmm. weekly conversation? Like I kind of. That would, that would have been a really cool origin story for podcast, But this is great, too. Well,
0: thanks.
2: I'm trying to think if I can so think, think of anyone it. that I shouldn't no. but I might have to think about it.
3: Then. We can let me know, you you know. But, but uh, yeah. I didn't prep you for this. No. I felt like you guys had enough prep for this. Well, time.
2: I'm trying to think if there's somebody not as, like, like Jeff gave you a good hybrid, someone who's, like, done Jewishy stuff, but they're not, like... <laughs> just well, doing not the Jewish, to be Jewish, Jewish no I know which is yeah. why I want to I've been on this Jewish book tour thing yes. so I'm in that zone but I kind of want to give you someone outside of that and zone that,
3: that, that track on your CD players on skip it's, right now
2: it's like the only people I see are <laughs> yeah. Rose so about from, uh, or Pearl yeah. from yeah. such yeah. and such country yeah. uh, um, well
3: and I would say this too maybe when I'm in New York we could revisit this and go to a place that you would go yeah I don't know when I ever come
2: to
1: do
3: it and where would Almost we go
2: on. Depends, oh, depends you know, what we girl, yeah. it's, it's so want to do, yeah, it's, <clears throat> the so many places, yeah,
1: I on the record, so it's many places, I've been so I know, nice, <laughs> well done, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I was not expecting this gotcha <laughs> journalism here, you know,
3: gotcha <laughs> journalism, <laughs> this um, guy, um, so where can they find you, they can follow you on Instagram and all those places, getfilteria, getfilteria.com
1: yeah, and at Gefilteria, and, uh, yeah, and our book is the Gefilter Manifesto. Right. You Gefilte know, Manifesto. It's the only Gefilter Manifesto that you can find.
3: Yeah. yeah, you don't have, there's no, I mean, there is a subtitle, but you'll you'll find it. Yeah. You're not going to have any trouble. There's no competing Gefilter no. Manifesto children's book or um, self-help guide that we know
1: of. Well, we like to think that ours is sort of, uh, somewhat of a self-help. It is somewhat of a self-help.
2: Guide. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, a way to, to feel okay again about being a, uh, Nebishy Ashkenazi too. Just kidding, know.
3: we're not Nebishes. We are super Ashkenazi. We are. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you.
0: you. And thank you. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. That's it for episode two with Liz Alpern and Jeffrey Yoskowitz. You can find their book, The Gefilte Manifesto. Everywhere they sell such things. You know, books. As usual, There's music here throughout the episode by our friend Joachim Cooter. You can find him at J O A C H I M C O O D E R, Joachim Cooter, or JoachimCooter.com. Hire him to score something. He's amazing. All of the logos and artwork for our show is done by my sister, your next graphic designer, Jill Stepak. You can find her at JillStepak.com. Again, I just want to say a very special thank you to the folks at Wexler Stelly for treating us so well. They were really so good to us. Uh, I'm still full. Just listening to that episode again makes me full. I want to thank you again for listening. Listen, we're learning a lot about how to make this show. Uh, each episode, we do it. And uh, I learned a lot about noise control in this one, so look forward to slightly more isolated environments, or at least we'll do our best. But again, we're capturing these wild places, and I hope you'll appreciate and enjoy them for what they are. Join us for our next episode, episode three with Lee Chernotsky, the founder and director and Definite conspirator at Rosie's Foundation. He's an amazing guy helping bring employment opportunities to all kinds of differently abled folks around Los Angeles. He's an amazing guy. We're going to tour uh, the bus, which you'll learn more about, taste some popsicles, and talk about what it means to enable a workforce for all people. Thanks for joining us, a location conversation with me, your host, Adam Mallenberg. Just remember, be kind and be gracious.
3: You can answer this question on a later day, too. We can always put it in a post. It's going to be a heavily produced show.
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe it.
3: Heavily, heavily produced. i would imagine
0: taken out. If you're enjoying the show, don't forget to share, like, subscribe. And please write us a review on iTunes. It helps attract attention to the show, of course, future funders, and of course, listeners like you. Thanks so much.